five, four, three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, this is uh, this is episode twenty three of the Mosby Learning Podcast, and and really, I think like uh, like any good learning professional, things change. Things change over time, and, and for all sorts of fun reasons. And we're going to change the format uh, of our session tonight because we're going to add uh, a very uh, very kind of spicy individual into the mix here, and just see how it goes. Uh, my name is Dan. Dan Hurt. I'm calling in from Mississauga, Ontario. And my name is Adam Costix, and I'm calling in from Dallas, Fort Worth. My name is Alex Salas, and I'm calling in from sunny Orlando, Florida. Sunny, sunny Orlando. Orlando. I bet the sun is still up down there. Is it up? It's probably not. <laughs> no, not yet. Orlando <laughs> Disney. Alex, that's right. Yeah. Oh, let's not. Can that's we right. just not start on the Disney foot? I, I love Disney, man. Get I'm going to come later down and visit. The Alex, I, like I'm on my way. There's I, only I will be down there. There's only one pimp. There's only one pimp in this city. <laughs> that's the mouse. Is his name Walt or Mickey? <laughs> well, yeah, we're getting too deep now. I want to be alive in a couple of months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want to step on the wrong, uh, the wrong big cartoon toes down there. All right, yeah. hey, Alex, thank you so much for joining us, man. This is going to be a fun little chat. We, uh, you know, we, we there, there's those personalities that we see online a lot, uh, but we often know that there's people behind those personalities, and um, it's nice to kind of get a chance to chat in person now well I guess let, let's kind of start with where where you came from as a person so you obviously weren't a fully formed human being to start with you were a kid at some point and, and kind of one of the things that I was wondering was um, well hang on before I before I wonder further uh, we should probably set the stage as to who you are just in case there is somebody that uh, that isn't quite familiar now Alex you are uh, we're going to kind of get into your 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 next step ventures, but you've been in L and D for years. You have been in uh, well, you you've served in the military, and you have taken no shortage of lessons from that as well. I'm sure uh, you're also the host of the uh, the popular L and D YouTube show, Off the Cuff, the uh, ATD for uh, that's Central Florida. Is that right? The Central Florida ATD chapter that puts that on or hosts that. That is correct. Yeah, I'm the I'm the host. I'm the producer. I'm I'm the guy. You're the you're the guy. You're the hired gun. So how long have you been uh, how long have you been doing that off the cuff piece? So off the cuff started uh, the beginning of 2019. So actually, yeah, uh, it's been now a little over a year. That's awesome. It's um, a weekly format. And um, we're up to what episode fifty four or something. Fifty four. Oh, I think I saw fifty three the other day. So fifty four might be in the can, um, <laughs> as they say. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I, I wanted to ask you this question because I was thinking about this the other day. About I, I had um, I have I have a mug. It's a Waldo mug that I use, and I love this Waldo mug. And I realized, and after I kind of interact with a few different things, that there are certain pieces of my childhood that it's like, okay, I, I realized that that was something that informed who I was, you know, 30-something years later. Is there anything you could think of that kind of uh, started you down the path that, at the time, you probably didn't know it, but looking back, you think, yeah, that's that's part of my DNA. That's that's me. Hmm. Yes, I um, I got to tell you that uh, I think that my love of technology was, was very early uh, expressed. I, you know, if I can think of the things that I used to do and used to like, I, I remember um, 
you know, and, and it manifests itself in so many ways. But now that I look at it, and that's a great question you're asking. And um, so, what, what were some of the things that, uh, as a kid, that you that you had that tech tech wise? Because tech's changed a lot in the past twenty years, and and I don't want to you know uh, overstep my bounds, but you're older than that. So, what, what were some of the things that uh, that you were kind of tinkering with as a kid? Well, technology has always been around, right? So, the, I mean, the main thing I like to for people to understand is that technology is not just computer devices. It's just technology is technology. If mm-hmm. you like to use paper, that's technology. Mm-hmm. If you like to use a piece of rock, that's technology. So in my resp- in my perspective, I used to walk around and watch this uh, new watches that will come out, the Casio watches. Remember those okay, back yeah. in the day? They're yeah. still around, right? Um, but uh, my thing was I used to like look at the models and see what they did and one had the alarm and the other one didn't and one you can put your phone numbers in and stuff like that. And so that was kind of like a hobby that I used to just go because I couldn't afford them at the time. <laughs> and then when I got one for my birthday, that was a great thing. But but yeah, it's just simple things like that. And if I, you know, back in the day, I did used to, I was lucky enough to, well, I'm lucky enough to consider myself a Gen Xer. And so the millennials are not calling me a boomer. And um, I'm able to... I'm able to enjoy, you know, I, I was able to enjoy the evolution of video games. So, you know, I started playing with Atari and Intellivision, yeah. ColecoVision, Coleco, and all of that. Yeah. And so, all of that, um, you know, I had to get used to the the different setups of the technology, right? They involve how do you connect it to a TV? All that stuff was uh, pretty much on my own. So that that's kind of what I look back and I see what I do today and. It really, you know, it maps out. You know, it's kind of it's kind of interesting, Alex. You're talking about, you know, I think we're we're close to the same age there. You know, kind of grown up through that you know, video game era. I was just cleaning up my garage the other day. And my wife brought in these big jugs, you know, these big things of like uh, uh, cords and and cables mm-hmm. and all these things. And mm-hmm. she's like, "Do we even need these anymore?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah. I yes. mean, you you got to have those." And she's like, "Why?" I'm like. I actually don't have a reason, but I remember back in the don't day, worry about it. you know, you put that Atari 2600 in, you got the RF cable, you got to figure that all out. You got to get it all together. You kind of tinkered mm-hmm. today. You just, you don't do it anymore. You know, we grew up analog and now it's all digital. Well, I, I yeah, think well, that's kind of an, I, I think that's an interesting point though, because the tech that, that kind of, when we started with those initial things like the ColecoVision, Atari, the uh, original Nintendo, there was still almost a physical element to those things and they weren't yes. overly technical process you know and now it's, it's just like a car today if you look at a car today under the hood you can't do a lot of stuff in there but a 40 year old car under the hood it's a lot more accessible so i think that might have uh that that does kind of lend itself a little bit more to walk down that tinkering path yeah well the trippy i wasn't tinkering much uh i can tell you that there was uh, perhaps a good intro to troubleshooting because yeah. um, you know kids today don't know this, and I mean I have I have three kids, and uh, all my three kids have the the latest consoles for the last you know I don't know six seven years, but um, but in my day, <laughs> um, the Intellivision used to overheat, yep. and that's it, and it over overheated and and it shut down, and you couldn't play anymore. So it was almost like good parental guidance um, uh, built into <laughs> Timed it. Timed out, yeah. So, but it, it was just a matter of the technology not being able to withstand, you know, the long time, the long time uh, of play. So 
yeah, that's uh, that, and so the funny part is, guys, is that today you can go online and buy this uh, new versions of the old systems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have an I have an Intellivision that has all the games built into it. There's like a hundred games or so, and uh, and you can play you know forever because it's new circuitry and all that. Yeah. Uh, but you know I did that once and I, I played it and then I was like it's like going back to a really old girlfriend. <laughs> go on <laughs> no no you don't you just okay yeah. this is great yeah. uh, i'm out <laughs> yeah. yeah it's funny the old Nintendo. i play i play you know i play with the 16 bits and i was like what <laughs> oh that's funny wow. oh i used to like this yeah. this is awesome yeah. <laughs> yeah that is funny you know kids these days you know they got the new uh well it's a new nintendo entertainment system they're never gonna know that you used to have to blow in those cartridges like that was the, yeah. that was the trick you have to blow in it stick it in kind of force it down the new ones they don't you don't have I to know. do that well, exactly all right uh, you can't be a kid forever and uh and you did uh you, you paid your dues uh alex you uh you enlisted and you like i say you did pay your dues and i heard you and kevin thorne talking about the transition from military life to uh, you know, back to uh, back to civilian life, and mm-hmm. and and somehow you made that transition and you found your way to L and D at some point. But there were there was a couple stops in between. Uh, how far was it until you kind of found that L and D spark, or did that happen in the uh, in, in the Navy? Well, see, yeah. So this story, um, yeah, it's, it happened in the Navy. Uh, I. You can say that it's like most people say, you know, by accident or whatnot, but it wasn't it wasn't like I was assigned a training position. What happened was at the time I in the Navy, you know, you first of all, you go to the best instructional systems in the world Mm -hmm. uh, as Mm -hmm. a customer. So Mm -hmm. um, but I part of the the promotion that you have, uh, the way to promote in, in, you know, and the services usually is pretty much kind of like the same but you know every every service has their own their own flavor uh in the navy you take an exam you have to take an exam that proves your knowledge beyond your rank so if you want to make the next rank you have to take an exam that you know tests you at that knowledge level and then you also have your performance review that's the normal stuff right like you know you do your job well you don't piss off your bosses all that kind of all that kind of stuff but the exam part i was pretty good at i was always very good at taking exams i guess because i have a huge uh frontal cortex um (laughs) i can communicate with dolphins uh, yeah exactly so um so you know that that came naturally and uh, at a certain point i made uh in in less than what about four years or so i made um sergeant rank uh, sergeant level rank e5 it's not called sergeant in the navy but yeah i just want to give people an idea so that was a leadership position and uh i found myself you know i took it upon myself to then kind of start helping uh, the troops that I, you know were assigned to me, so I set up the study sessions, and through the study sessions, you know you you get the famous aha moments, right? So mm-hmm. when you get the aha moments, then uh, that kind of gives you that shot of dopamine, and you become then uh, kind of addicted to you become a learning junkie. So you want to help people learn stuff. Um, 
So, you know, that's basically what happened there. And so at that point, I was like, okay, um, being that I was in the medical profession in the Navy, I was uh, what is called a hospital corpsman. Uh, in, the Navy, in the Army, they call them medics, but don't call us that because that's not something we like. Uh, we're not medics. <laughs> so, <laughs> trust me, every service has a different thing. But uh, Hospital Corpsman has a long tradition, and so, therefore, um, we'd like to maintain the name. So, the, um, you know, I, as I did that, then I watched a uh, retired Navy chief do, uh, he was a health, ch- a health educator, and he was doing, he was giving classes on smoke secession, secession and stuff like that. So, I was like, oh, okay. Wow, this is a cool job. So I'm thinking, mm. you know, if I was going to retire or if I was going to get out of the Navy, this is what I want to do. I want to, like, just be able to go places and teach people stuff, right? Um, so then I found out that there was uh, opportunities to get schooling and whatnot. So I I, I sought off, uh, I saw after a, a bachelor's in health education. And when I was doing the bachelor's, there was a class on adult learning theory. When I found adult learning theory, I kind of didn't look back anymore. I was like, wow, this is so freaking cool. I could be, <laughs> I want to be a professor, yeah. right? Yeah. I want to do, I want to be a professor, stuff like that. And um, so I pursued a master's uh, degree and that was in education. It was uh, focused on training and development. Because uh, in the pursuit of everything else, I found that there was a profession called training and development. The advantage, I guess, is you know, when you're in the military, the beauty of it is that everything is documented, that you have processes for everything. And, you know, if, even if the people around you don't know what, what they're doing, uh, there are instructions and processes somewhere. So being that you had that um you know that you always got that relationship in the navy that is not something you ever found in civilian life like you know if, you know in civilian life people depend a lot of other people mm-hmm. right like hey uh yeah. can you teach me this hey can you show me what this is that type of stuff in the military especially in the navy and attached to marine corps units we that that didn't work that way. If you didn't know something and you went, you don't go to your supervisor. Be like, hey, can you help me with this? Can you tell me? With, you know, the supervisor be like chewing your butt off and going, hey, go find out. And then when you find out, come let us know what it is. So you became, you know, you became adept and, and you know adept to do research to find things out. To seek out knowledge. So I did that. And then I found that there was something called ATD or at the, at the time is the American, uh, the American sexual transmitted diseases. That's uh, the one. No, I mean, <laughs> some, the, some solid branding. Right up. Yeah. 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 yeah the ASTD. Yeah. Oh, you're already in the Navy. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, exactly. And so, and so now, you know, we found that out. I went through, uh, I found that there was such an organization. I looked at the history of it and then I started joining chapters, local chapters as an attendee, as a, just a, you know, as a, as a participant. And, um, and so that was a reference. And then I got the masters. The masters really kind of amplified my view and everything. But I also realized that, <clears throat> you know, having a master's, and, you know, it, it amplifies your view, but also it can make you very frustrated because then when you go work yeah. in business, there's, you know, 20% of whatever you're learning in a master's is being used in business. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you feel a little frustrated because you're like, are you serious? Like I just spent 
two years studying this crap, nobody knows anything or cares. Yeah. <laughs> so well, that, that's so. interesting because you went from something like like the Navy that was, as you say, very process heavy. Everything's documented and and very structured, and then you go to uh, to academia. You get your master's, and again, there's a lot of, a lot of theory, a lot of structure, a lot of uh, again documentation. And then you find your way to the private sector where, as, as you already mentioned, I mean, that's, you don't have a lot of that as much in the private sector. There's less documentation because there's always a churn of employees. There's always a churn of processes, it seems like. Um, and so let me ask you, like, what, what would you say kind of your thoughts are on the state of instructional design today? What, what, is, what does that look like today um, as a, as a discipline, as a pursuit? Um, well, two different questions there. I, I, I sense in a way, right? The way that, that you're asking them, and I'm going to answer those. I would say, uh, I think it depends on what lens you're looking at it. Uh, in terms of a profession, um, you know, I'm I I'm very very passionate and very geeky about it. Um, I really care about its origins, and I really care about what it was meant to do and what is able, what is capable of doing. Mm-hmm. However, that's not exactly what is being practiced on a general basis in business. So it's it's hard to it's hard to have a lot of respect in some re, in some areas for a profession where people accidentally become a title and they mm-hmm. become that title and then they don't have any background on it. And that's great for the person getting the job. Mm-hmm. No 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 hard feelings there. But um, there's a lot of there has been a lot of delusion over the years. That's the that's the issue, right? So um, it's almost it, and it's something that doesn't happen in a lot of other professions, which is interesting, right? So it's not like a mechanic that you know, a mechanic was just a, a guy in the corner playing with wrenches, and then all of a sudden somebody goes, "Hey, you know what? You're the lead mechanic now," <laughs> you know, so. Mm-hmm. Go yep. fix go fix the most expensive cars we have. Um, so. Yeah, we we talked about this in a long time in terms of uh, there's been a lot of discussions about this. Like, you know, well, there's no standards. There's no, you know, certification to kind of say everybody's working on the same page. So that's why you see me doing research and kind of pointing out. And there's some other good folks out there that are putting some out some research to kind of give some of the origins and, uh, and basis of how things work. But I also understand that, you know, what was originally instructional design does not work in business fully. Right. So I will say that. Uh, so if we could just touch on the certification thing for a moment, because recently, um, the previous uh, ASTD and now the current ATD, they, right. they've recently done away with their with CPLP, CLPPL, PPL, certified professional learning and performance. Yes. And, and that's a designation that you have. So yes. what are your kind of thoughts on them sunsetting that designation? Uh, I, you know, obviously you still earn it, you still have it. But what are your thoughts on that going away? Well, it's, it's so to clarify, it's not that it's going away. It's just changing. It's becoming the CPTD. Um, so okay. it's changing in the way that uh, people are getting certified. And it's changing in the way that uh, it's changing on the label. That's it. Uh, so okay. really, it's not like it's going away. Um, so, so do you have to do? If, so Alex, do you have to do special courses to kind of get up to the new certification, or are you just auto- no. automatically grandfathered in? No, you're you're getting uh, f- 
for part of the information they have released, you're getting grandfathered in. There's no need to retest or anything like that. Oh, so it's just changing the name. Yeah. Now, the requirements still persist. The requirements to recertify it. And uh, I can't recall correctly, but I mean, in the old models, three years. Gotcha. Yeah. Right, we won't hold you to it here. But ladies and gentlemen, do your own damn research. That's, that's what you've got to say about <laughs> well, that. But, you know, TD.org is a good place to go. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's a great thing that you don't have to go to STD.org. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that depends what your problem is, I suppose. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So let's talk a little bit more about instructional design for a second. Adam, I think you had a question about uh, kind of just uh, general uh, d- design or, or, or did you have anything that you wanted to jump yeah, in on? Yeah, you know, I, uh, Alex, I was, you know, jumping on your website a little bit. I know we're going to talk about that here in just a moment about some of the stuff that you're launching. But, you know, talking about instructional design and, you know, I, I see a lot of designers and they're like, what, how do you create those interactions or what are some what are some of the favorite interactions that you're doing in some of your e-learnings right now? Um, You know, I I just recently went through your portfolio and I was playing with some of the interactions, but do you have anything that you go to the well on, you know, when you're working for a client and you say, you know what, that's one of the ones I use over and over again. That's something I design in multiple different cases. That's something just that I use and it's, it's in my tool belt that I try to use over and over. Yeah, um, drag and drop. No, just kidding. <laughs> so, <laughs> next, you put a button on the bottom. <laughs> then next button and drag and sweet, drop. Yep. Sweet button. Actually, what I do is I do a drag and drop next button. That's <laughs> beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> just have to drag it. It's to a the, combo yeah. interaction. Yeah, combo. yeah, it's a combo. It's very advanced. Very advanced. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, so I, let me let me clarify also a couple of things because I know that you know sounded a little somber when I was talking about instructional design. Yeah. But basically, you know, today is a different world, and actually, I think that in instructional design will be no more. Um, I think that we need to evolve and I think we're evolving already. Yes. Uh, there are different schools coming across, learning experience design, uh, which you know integrates a little more of the human centered design stuff and integrates a little more of the UX and, and some other things. And um, so it will be really up to us and while the business is running to really define what it is. But I would say, you know, to the hardcore lovers of instructional design, if you ever practice instructional systems development, mm-hmm. right, which is the which is the the real thing, um, you know, that's that's not really functional in private business, commercial, small, medium businesses and large, what it is still alive in is, you know, government, military and contracting and all that. Why? Because when you look at the, again, regulations of the military, what do you find? You find instructional systems design and methodology and stuff like that, and you have to follow it. So that's about it. But anyway, you're asking this question about interactions. What do I go to? Um, you know, I don't, I don't like to be boilerplate in a lot of things, yeah. uh, but uh, technically speaking, my interactions that, that I like to concentrate on are real life scenarios, problem based uh, learning or okay. problem based solving learning. So um, it's, a, it's situations that you want to immerse people in and make decisions or if they have to operate a machinery to be able to sort of replicate uh, some of those actions. Uh, rather than test people on, you know, where's the button and, you know, or how do you, you know, instead of doing that, kind of mm-hmm. put people in a situation, give them a background story and let them have at it and make mistakes and realize and reflect on those mistakes. 
I, I find a lot of interactions are built as basically exercises in dexterity. Like, can you take the mouse and click this little box on that part of the screen? And yeah. that's that's entirely it's not the, not the skill you're trying to build at all, you know. So yeah, that that's good. Hey, can you talk for a couple more minutes about instructional systems and and what that really means? Kind of break that down for us a bit, or, or anybody yeah. else that might have that same question. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I put out a recent uh, article on LinkedIn. You guys can check it out. It's about Addy and the origins of Addy, uh, which used to be an original uh, a model within, well, actually a stages within a model called the Inner Service uh, Procedures for Instructional Systems Development. Uh, so that was uh, an actual an actual model that was requested by the Army back in the 70s, uh, right after the Vietnam War, to kind of equip people, you know, make sure that they elevated the quality of the recruits they were getting. And so uh, to do that, they want to standardize methodology or standardize uh, model of it. And, and, and the guy that really uh, was involved with this was Bob Branson out of FSU. And so he created that. It was called a DIC, A D D I C. Control was the last stage, and so systemic, meaning uh, systems development is you're looking at a systemic approach, almost based out of uh, uh, the systems as training methodology from Silvern and, and from the 60s or earlier 50s. So um, you're looking at a systemic approach. There's inputs, there's outputs, there are variables, and there's measures, right? So you set up a, a baseline and you have a measurement at the end of that. Um, and uh, the whole process, you know, considers many variables. So environmental users, so what you usually know as target audience, what you know as a job task analysis, what you know as gap performance analysis, all those happen in place really heavy on the A&D of Addy, if you think of it. Um, and But you know, back in those days, the, the, the design didn't mean graphic design and the development didn't mean yeah. computer development. So that's what we're getting into in the systemic parts of it. Uh, and that, that is a really, really accurate approach in a way in many respects because you're following an instructional model, right? An instructional design model. Whatever model you pick, that's really depending on what you want to do. I mean, a lot of people when they talk instructional design models, they only name probably three things, right? So Dick and Carrie and the people that you know may not know this, they call Addy a model. That's not a model, but sure. And uh, and then Kevin, Kevin Gustafson or whatever, Morrison or something like that. So. That was, uh, yeah, it was, it was an interesting article. I read that the other day and I'll include that in the show notes for this as well. You can find, uh, you can find that article and maybe anything else we want to link to for Alex at, uh, mosby.ca slash zero two three. Uh, cool. and we'll kind of, we'll kind of touch on all the, all the links that you want to get out there as well in a little yeah. minute there, Alex. But, uh, it was, I mean, it was a really good article and it was, it was a really well sourced article. I don't see that a lot on LinkedIn. It was, there was, I think you had four or five different sources. I was like, holy shit. Okay. No, this is serious. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, you, you. you are a man that knows your history and uh, you are a man that has a plan for your future. So what's going on with you these days? What does your future look like? Hmm. Great question. So, you know, 
primarily it's uh, I did some evaluation of things that I've done in the past. I was working at a very large corporation. Um, I was working in, in corporate America, and recently I went on my own and became a learning consultant. I had the company that I that I ran that under Style Learn or Style Learn. Uh, it's the name of the company, Stylearn.com is a site. I've been doing that for about four years. I've done on and off projects and things like that. But um, yeah. I started doing full-time last year, uh, last month. And uh, yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. And, uh, and a part of that also was, um, you know, evaluating what I was doing. I realized, okay, there's got to be something. Something happened last year. It was very interesting. There was a lot of people coming to me asking me about becoming an instructional designer, becoming a, a learning a e-learning designer, and um, and you know, I helped a lot of people doing that. And I was thinking, okay, how can we scale this out? Because I can't, you know, I only have so many hours in the in the week. Besides mm -hmm. all the stuff that people see me do, and besides that I'm the president of the ATD Central Florida chapter, and that, that's a lot of work. Uh, hey, these things that, take time, that's for sure. Yeah. For sure, man. Yeah, so all those, um, so, you know, how could I scale this out so I can help more people, so we can help the most people as possible. So in the, in the past, there's a, there's a guy that is also a veteran, and um, I, you know, I used to be an ATD facilitator for a minute, and I, he was a buddy of mine. I, I met him at Technology when I presented at Technology. Uh, Aaron King is his name. And Aaron uh, and I always uh, were joking around that, you know, hey, we should do a project together. We should do a business, that type of thing. Mm. And so with this opportunity of, hey, how can we help people and scale out? I talked to him and, it was, and we came up with a concept. And so the concept is called um, e-learning launch. And it's basically to help people transition into instructional design with all the things that really matter today with employers, because the problem that we have to recognize is that we have a huge gap between academia and employers. Yep. So the normal course Absolutely. that people take is say, oh, I'm gonna take a graduate certificate, I'm gonna take a master's degree, right? But none of that teaches you anything that the employers are asking you to do. I mean, yeah. the only thing you're gonna be able to do is just show up at an office and start talking about blooms, maybe, or start talking about some other theory and <laughs> make yourself feel good about talking it. about that when you're talking to I mean, a CEO wanna... or a business partner and you start talking about blooms taxonomy and they're like, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah man, that, that, you that's how learning that's, starts. <laughs> you yeah, wanna well, save that sort of fodder for the bar. That's yeah. that's that's pickup talk right there. I, yeah, I'm just saying, man, so I, I went, you know, uh, I've, I've been doing this for, a little over 12 years. Yep. I had about maybe six different jobs and um, out of those six jobs, uh, they were all Fortune 100, Fortune 100 company, yeah, 100 companies. So none of the interviews that I ever had ever went into, hey, so how do you feel about uh, the Assure model uh, versus yeah. Yeah. this? Or how do you feel about Blooms? Or There was no question of that. There was no discussion of that. The main focus today, guys, is look, can you make things easier to understand? Do you understand the foundational theories and basically infuse your design with that. But your design has to be there. Your content development has to be there. Your digital content abilities have to be there. Yeah. So without that, it doesn't matter what you're doing. And the problem is there's people taking, spending $40,000 on a master's degree to get out and not find a job. So e-learning launch is gonna kind of bridge that gap then, right? So you're, you're charging yes. what, $25,000 for it or? 
That's exactly <laughs> it for that's, that's exactly what it is. Now, twenty five thousand. I wish uh, that'd be great. Uh, no, actually, you know, the the base package of it is going to be is two experiences. So the base package will be like like $29 a month uh, and oh, there's cool. an annual package obviously that you can lower it up and then the there's a more you know prestigious package to say a premium package it will be including a community support and like one-on-one reviews type of things oh, nice. so oh. if you and and the, the second piece of this is that this is unique guys this is different because it's not topic based so it's not like we're gonna you know I understand today that anybody can go and find everything where, you know, you can learn about being an instructional designer just by going to LinkedIn Learning or going to YouTube or, you know, going different places, right? You can find it. But the question here is, do you want to be able to step into a project situation, learn the skills to solve that project, and then come out with a work sample of that project? Nice. Right. So yeah. we're going to do that over 15 different projects. So so you're you're looking a little bit less on the tactical click, you know, here's how to use articulate, right? You're looking more right. at how to run a project and actually talk to a business person. Yeah, and also and I mean I'm I'm in I'm covering the tools, but I'm not making you an expert on a tool. What okay. I'm doing is I'm showing you what you're going to use the tool for sure. and what yeah. you can get out of it. Um, there will be opportunities for you to learn more basic stuff. But I mean, it, when you talk about Articulate Storyline, if you know about this and you know that I do a lot of the science in Storyline, Storyline is like the, the, the software that it is today because it's the most robust support software there is. It has educational materials of the Jing Yang. It has training webinars. Yeah tutorials and the community, right? So, I mean, yeah. you don't need, I don't know if people make articular courses, I don't even know why you're making storyline courses because there's all that stuff that people can learn, but obviously somebody needs to have a course as well. So uh, the whole purpose here is to be able to say, um, you know, I'll give you an example. One of the main projects that we had, the initial projects, foundational projects, is an onboarding situation, right? So, you know, you always had this if you go to any job. Hey, we would like to do something new for an onboarding yep. program or an onboarding course or onboarding informational awareness. Okay, great. So you're presenting with that situation. You're presenting them with the specific steps you want to take to support that project and take it to completion. So that's in essence, what it is. Um, it's an experience in which you are going to be able to create your own digital portfolio, create your work samples, and you know, you're gonna be learning with folks that have been doing it for a while. And that um, you know, we know what it takes to even create your own business. That's awesome. And, you know, it, that's something that's really cool. The fact that it sounds like there's uh, and I don't want to say mentor because you didn't say mentor. But I mean, there's that that kind of that coaching, that guidance piece of it, that even if you have the paint by numbers, even if you're following the Lego instructions piece by piece by piece, you don't really know how necessarily all the pieces come together, like all the different all the different models. How do they come together? And, and, and what does that turn into at the end? That's awesome, man. 
Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to work, man. I think it, we already have uh, about 30 people interested out of the one little... I did a, a blog post that I put like two days ago or yesterday. And um, so, yeah, it, it's interesting to see. I know there's a lot of people that need this and that's the important part of it. Um, and, you know, and, and it's going to continue to build on uh, month to month. So hopefully, you know, we my, my goal is to be able to help as much, as, we, uh, as much people as we can. And if we can get, you know... A community of like 2,000 people or more, that'll be great because those are people that eventually are going to get jobs and they're going to be yeah. able to help other people. Yeah. I remember me and Adam were at a, um, the Dallas, uh, the, the swizzle at AD, ATD conference. <laughs> yeah. And there was a couple of gals from Ernst and young there and, um, they were showing kind of how the various populations within departments kind of going forward, what that's going to look like and how it's going to change. And a lot of them got a lot smaller, but L and D that department, it didn't get smaller. It got bigger. So there's going to be a demand for the jobs that, uh, that you're going to be able to coach people through. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that'd be great. I really uh, hope that it works out, uh, you know, specifically for people, it's going to be awesome. man. and, um, and, you know, we'll see more people being capable and confident out there, especially, you know, we're doing, uh, the main thing is our focus, our target population are students, veterans, and um, teachers. So okay. we have specific discounts for those folks um, through a validation system and all that. So anybody that has a EDU or .mil address can take gotcha. advantage of the discount too. You know, yeah. actually, the uh, the teacher one's really interesting. I was just reading an article about instructional designers, mm -hmm. where they come from, and you know, a great place. You know, a lot of teachers right now, you know, with all the issues that are going on in school districts and cuts and funding and whatnot, are coming over to instructional design because they like the training. They, they understand a lot of it and it's, you know, changing who their audience is. But they were saying that that's one of the biggest draws for instructional designers is, is former teachers and their joint, their jump and ship from from teaching students. I know. Well, yeah, it, it's true. And, uh, you know, like I said, uh, about 100 people or so that I talked to last year, uh, most of them were teachers, wow. uh, third grade teachers, teachers in different grades, because it doesn't wow. make if you look at it, it doesn't really make sense. It's not something to be proud of as a society where, you know, a teacher has to go jump through the loops. Uh, yeah. to get certified, background checks, all this stuff, and then go make, 20, you know, 35. The average salary is like 40000 yeah. in the nation, right? So like, I got a four-year-old and seven-year-old. I, I can't think of being in a classroom with 20 of them. Like, like <laughs> right. I'm going to the private sector. I got to no, go. I know. <laughs> I know. And then so you think about it, then you have a, a customer service rep that becomes a supervisor, is pretty good, shows a little bit of creativity on a PowerPoint, he becomes the instructional designer in the company, right? And now he's making yeah. 60,000. So it's yeah. like, uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's an open room for everybody. That's basically yeah. it. Good on you. And, and so what's that, what's that website again that you want people to go to? Oh, e-learning launch, e-learninglaunch.com. Um, that's where is that? That's and what's where the date? Going. You know, I was there earlier today. It's not launched yet though. When, when what's the date? What's the hard date? Yeah, we have right now a lead collecting page there. So you just put their emails and uh, they'll get information. The day for launch will be uh, February 24th. February 24th. 
Put it in the calendar. Which is good. Yeah, that's going to be just a few days after this goes live, because what's today? The 12th. So I think this is going to launch on the 18th, 19th. So within uh, within about four or five days. I mean, go there now. When you're hearing this, ladies and gentlemen, go there now. Throw your email address, and that's, uh, uh, oh, damn it, elearninglaunch.com. <laughs> I had one job. Um, elearninglaunch.com. Yeah. Go job. there, enter your email address, and uh, and then get in touch with Alex, because it sounds like, uh, you know, and, and I know, I, I am related to teachers and i see them every christmas and and we're you know three drinks in. i'm like why why are you still a f- teacher why don't you just do the thing do the thing that i'm doing and you'll be happier and you won't have to deal with so much ridiculousness all the time yeah. but um but people are funny people are funny they'll figure it out eventually man they're gonna come your way yeah 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 there's a there's a great you know there's a lot of unpolished power in there with teachers because they already have a lot of the background with the education degree. So That's right. the rest of it is just translating all that love they have for learners to be able to demonstrate it in a digital realm. That's basically it, you know, yep. be able to provide an experience through as any learning designer and that will get them to uh, be a great instructional designer in any company. All right, man. Where where do you want people aside from elearninglaunch.com, Where do you want people to find you online? Well, guys, um, you know that I'm on LinkedIn, and that Definitely. is Stoller, and I'm pretty much Stoller everywhere in social media. I do have a a YouTube channel as well where I cover technology. I cover the learning technology. So if you want to see videos about uh, Storyline or videos about, uh, I did one recently with uh, this. Uh, app called Muzzy Lane that uh, is pretty awesome. It does a lot of like scenario based interactions and you don't really, I mean, what was it's it called all cloud again? based. Say, say that Muzzy, again. yeah, Muzzy Lane. So M U Z Z Y. Huh. Yeah, it's like Lane. a first name and last name. Yeah, Muzzy Lane. Muzzy Lane. Yeah, Muzzy Lane. <laughs> yeah, name. and uh, yeah. yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's you know, my, Venezuela, my Venezuelan accent doesn't help. But um, <laughs> it's not Minnesotan, by the way, it's yeah. Venezuelan. Yeah. Interesting thing when I used to tell people before, I was like, right, "Where are you from?" I'm from Venezuela. <laughs> people were like, "Oh, really, Minnesota? Wow!" Awesome. <laughs> no, no, like, not Minnesota. Okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Do I sound? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, so and and off the cuff, you can uh, the the YouTube channel for off the cuff is ATDCFL, right? Oh yeah, man. I'm like I'm yeah, it's completely forgot about all that. I'm do, it just when you start doing so much stuff, right? You <laughs> you forget. Okay. But yeah, off, off the cuff, um, off the cuff is definitely something you guys want to check out. The channel is ATDCFL, which is stands for the uh, ATD chapter, Central Florida chapter. Um, you know. That's an interesting project and everybody should subscribe really because if you think about it, this started as a thing where we just wanted to interview people that were going to speak for the chapter. Okay. And fast forward a year later, I had a face-to-face interview with Dr. David Merrill. I had uh, webinars with uh, Richard Mayer for Multimedia um, Learning Theory. I had a webinar with Lauren Anderson, who who was the reviser. He wrote the revision of what Bloom's Taxonomy was, right? Because that's another thing people get wrong. Bloom's Taxonomy in 1956 is not something anybody should be following for learning, for writing learning objectives. But, you know, if you watch the channel, you'll learn. So, that's it, um, that's it. 
So yeah, so we got um, you know, and and recently I just had an interview with Don Norman, so the father of UX. So wow. yeah, I've, I've I've got his book. What is it? The Design of Everyday Things. Yeah, think, Design right? of Everyday Holy, Things, man. Amazing I'm holding book. it right now. It's a terrific book. It's Absolutely. it's crazy. Yeah, um, and it's he's, funny, he's, yesterday... he's fascinating. He's a fascinating uh, individual. He's just, I mean, he. The, the, the part about him to consider is, look, this guy was an academic. He was an engineer to begin with. He was an academic. He was a PhD in cognitive psychology. I mean, and then he just went to work for Apple and became VP of advanced technology at Apple and created the concept of user experience. That's wild. That Before is wild. that, nobody was doing this, guys. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. That's yeah. crazy. Well, and, and I mean, go, going back to the the off the cuff, the, the whole channel there, and it, it is crazy because, like you said, it started off as as one relatively small thing, like a relatively small localized thing. And I watched episode one last night, and it's a you know five minute chat with the person that was going to be speaking at the chapter. And then, like you say, it just went on to uh, to really collect conversations with some incredible people in our industry. So uh, not only that, and I actually just subscribed a minute ago to Style Learn on uh, that YouTube channel too i didn't i didn't know that was there i feel bad about that no but, that's uh, all right it's <laughs> okay but, but, but hey, look, it's, uh, only 400 and some subscribers you know that's, that's <laughs> right that's right not gonna make a living out of that <laughs> <laughs> all right is there uh, is there anywhere you're speaking at uh soon uh, any conferences that are in the future uh yes conferences i well i try to I was you know trying what? To be, so you, if you want, you can send me the links and I'll put them in the... Uh, I'll send, or, yeah, I'll send you the links. But a serious uh, games conference is going to happen here at UCF in Orlando. I'm doing that one, so that's an easy one. And okay, then uh, cool. I put in uh, I put in for TechLearn, but I don't know if I'm there yet. So that will be uh, next... It's Austin. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah, it's in Austin. Yeah, yeah. Austin next uh, October or something like that. So. Yep. Far out. Yeah. Far out, man. Well, good luck. I hope they, I hope they uh, take you and you tell smart people interesting things <laughs> fun games fun games thank you, <laughs> you right. guys for having me here Absolutely. and uh, i definitely appreciate uh the combos for sure oh this has been a great chat yeah it's been a lot of fun and i i do hope that i don't want to put you on the spot but i do hope we can have more of these in the future maybe uh, check in on on your progress as uh, as an entrepreneur i i come from a family of entrepreneurs and i know it's not easy work and it takes a lot of love and dedication and uh, probably a little blood sweat and tears but i bet you're used to that so thank you alex we appreciate it and all all the all the links that um that we talked about here we're going to make sure they're in the show notes for you guys as well so uh, alex thank you so much appreciate it man thanks alex thank you guys uh thank you adam thank you dan you guys are awesome guys uh, it's been great talking to you after these messages we'll be right back all right alex salas hell of a guy i like that guy yeah it was a good interview yeah, you know, I think one of the things that it's it's interesting because it, it, he is one of the more relaxed people out there, and and he's not afraid of well. So I guess Twitter's a little bit different. LinkedIn, though, he's still he's not afraid of just being casual. And same thing with off the cuff, he's not afraid of being casual and just being a normal human being. Yeah. Which um, that's refreshing. Which God knows, L and D could use more normal human. Could more people taking themselves less seriously. <laughs> well, th did I mention Twitter yet? I mean, that's the tagline, um, like, yeah. right? That's the tagline of this podcast. L and D less seriously. L and D less seriously. Well, it's not officially that yet. It could be. That's a good one. So that though. voice, ladies and gentlemen, that's a good one. It is. It is. We'll put it in rotation, maybe, because uh, 
You should always have a fresh motto. Uh, fresh hosts. That's what we like to have here at almost 1030 at night Eastern. But we've got uh, we've got Eli Baran has joined us as well. Eli, how are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. I got uh, I'm, I'm, I'm almost through the gift from my kids. That was uh, the great Midwest uh, a sickness or ick. And uh, of, of, two, of, of the of the 2019-2020 winter season, um, and I'm I'm about through it. Wow! And you were sick. Well, good. I mean, you this is, this has been going on for a while, right? You were sick last week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was. I I got it after my kids, so my kids had it the week before. I had it for roughly last week, and I'm 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 shaking it off this week. <laughs> yeah, and I was sick before that. Maybe maybe it's a Mosby thing. maybe it's catching. Hey, you know the oh, interwebs, man. You know maybe it's the std.org. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You want to wear button. gloves no, no, when you visit uh, websites like that. <laughs> another week, another friend that Mosby Learning makes. That's right. Yeah. yeah, one one less sponsor again. I don't think they were. I don't. I'm not even going to go to std.org. I don't, don't want to be a part of that. Um, okay, so that was uh, so we just. Re- <laughs> we just wrapped up a very fun conversation with uh, with Alex Sellis, and and as I mentioned, we're going to have all of the appropriate links, uh, excluding std.org. Uh, we're going to have all the appropriate links at mosby.ca slash zero two three, as this is our twenty third episode. And if you, ladies and gentlemen, if you wanted to send us an email, you know, I didn't cover this off of the top because Alex was here and I was nervous about it. So, um, but if, if you want to send us an email, uh, mosbylearning at gmail. Is it gmail or is it yahoo? What is it? It's, it's gmail. gmail. Adam's watching like a Hawk, like a hawk. Every week, man. Every week. Every, every week. day. It's every supposed hour. to be more than that. It's supposed to be more than that. Yeah. Now, now I I may be privy to information that might disprove that, but that's all right. No, 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 no. I I received a <laughs> I, I did receive an email. Um, okay. From a okay. random email address that was on yeah. Gorilla Mail. Uh, well, com. you know, hey, so and, why uh, are you judging the email addresses, man? That's saying it, it was, it was cool, talking bro. about all my Adams driving talk uh, about two episodes Uh-oh. ago, <laughs> and uh, how easily he thinks truck drivers will be replaced inside of ten years. Um, and you know what I really like about this person who decided to send the email? It's amazing to mm-hmm. me that a guy who can't deal with black ice hills or even a parking brake. I think some software engineers in Palo Alto are going to nail this all down for a giant 18-wheeler. And I do. <laughs> oh, my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> yes. Uh, and this person just goes on and on. Um, you know, even the best self-driving cars today will ask the driver for interactions. The jobs are not going anywhere. And so someone said that to you on a podcast a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, but you get brought into this email from this angry, angry listener who uses Gorilla Mail. The weather where Michigan in Michigan, where where Eli lives, mm-hmm. can be a nightmare to drive through. There are times nightmare. when the lines and markers of the road are gone frequently in the winter months. Vehicles with cameras cannot be covered with slush and ice. Some places in North America are so cold. I guess that's Toronto. They can. They can can't even effectively salt the roads and because of this thick layer of compact snow on the road all season and the only road indicators are really the tracks of other cars today's companies still get deliveries in these scenarios and if truck drivers are extinct they simply won't 
It's unbelievable. Right. Well, there you have it. Actually, so it's not too far from from where I am, up at my parents' place. I was there on the weekend, and they're only about an hour and a half, just shy of two hours in north of here. In the yeah, yeah, it's right by the North Pole. Um, we we had to get our reindeer to drive us the last bit. No, and then they uh, it's it's still they can't rely on salt up there because it gets too cold, so they have to put sand on the road. Well, in, in this this listener who decided to send this email um, ends with in short, there's absolutely no way Adam is right on this point, Eli. Wow. So I'm just, I don't know where this came from. And it's probably actually. Wow, it sounds like it came from Eli, to be honest. But uh, probably does. I, I wish I was that, that I had that much foresight on this. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> I do much- watch this. Uh, the, <laughs> I do watch the inbox uh, like a hawk. And I'm actually mm-hmm. thinking it's from one of our turkey listeners. Um, Eli, I don't know oh, if you know in, this. And Dan shared it with you. I pulled up some of our listeners on from Stitcher Radio. And uh, interestingly enough, we have quite a few listeners over in Turkey. Big in Turkey, man. Big, Big in Turkey. Are, are they bots, you think? I'm not really sure, but it's where, it's where people are listening. Turkish bots? Turkish bots. Turkish bots. It's a yeah. Turkish click farm, maybe? I don't know. I'll take it. it could be. Is there such thing as a Turkish click farm? As long as they hit the subscribe button. That's <laughs> smash that smash subscribe that like button, button, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I've told my children. All right, so I've told my children that if I catch them, like if they want to watch something on, on the TV on YouTube, they can't. The the they, they they can only watch stuff that doesn't say hit the like button, hit subscribe. I'm like, mm. you got to watch real content, not just people nonsense. that are building the brand. Yeah. I yell at my kids not to hit the like button on anything because they mess up your algorithm, right? Oh, like, my algorithm on mine is all over the place. Yeah. It's like, hey, great. I just watched this kid's show. And whoa, whoa, that's not safe for work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So speaking of things that are not safe for work, let's talk about a couple e-learning articles that uh, we're going to, again, these will be in the uh, show notes, mosby.ca slash zero. Can you use the Wait, voice? Wait, mosby.ca you want a voice? Is that what you No, think? you got to use the voice to read the top five trends to what to expect. I should. <laughs> I should. Well, Gibbs isn't here to coach me on my uh, my voice use, so I'll have to take a shot at it. Yeah, but mosby.ca slash zero two three. And this is e-learning trends in 2020. Top five trends to expect. And I'll tell you what, this is already suspect. So there's 81 people have shared this article and uh, I don't know. Okay, so. Here, here's this is from elearningindustry.com and and we'll go we'll cover this we'll talk about this for a minute but my issue with elearningindustry.com is I've seen more than one article that uh, unlike unlike the Alex Salas um, LinkedIn article that was very well sourced and he's got references in there the man's got his uh, Chicago style guide sitting on his desk and he knows how to reference something right uh, a lot of these articles on e-learning industry they're fine but they're a lot of just pure speculation and if since we're talking about speculation here's one with top five trends for 2020 so i don't know how this guy knew that so he he might have some uh, this is naveen uh mm. nilakanda nilakandan nilakandan yeah, yeah, i'm not gonna work here anymore 
not going to work here anymore. <laughs> not going to work here um, anymore. But I, Dan, I'm going to go back. E-learning industry is a fantastic place. I have an article that I was also posted on e-learning industry. So <laughs> it does like you know, ask me like 13 where... times if you want to write an article for them. Yeah. Like point in like, case. Do you, do you want it? Do you want to do this? We don't want to do it. Do you want yeah. to do it? Do you want to do it? <laughs> It's like trying to decide where you where you were gonna eat. Where do you gonna? I don't know. Where where do you want to go? You you just just pick a place. No, you just, give me three options. You read Anyhow, okay. Then walk. The article, then we'll read the article. Walk this. Walk us through your uh, your buddy Naveen. Walk us through his article here because you guys are co-authors on. Um, no, on not this article. Industry. I've just written other articles for your learning industry. Interestingly enough, right, they published right, right. them, and uh, it was pretty good. So, how was what was what was the analytics report that you got from that? Huge, huge. Yeah, well, I thought it's the turkey followers. Um, They are just everywhere. They see Caustics, Kostakis. They are (laughs) jumping in on it. (laughs) All right, walk walk us through this. All right, the top twenty trends, uh, top five trends in two thousand twenty. First, learning experience, and you know what he's talking about is uh, learning experience platforms and that engagement is trying to get the learning experience for your learners. So he, he says that that's a big trend. Um, and, and I've seen that, right? So a lot of people, LinkedIn Learning is, is launching an LMS or it was launched an LMS. A lot of people are talking about content management systems. How are learners interacting with content? And he says that's a big trend going into 2020. Did, did, can I ask you a question? Yes. And I don't want you to feel like I'm poking fun at you. Oh, boy. I'll do that after. But do, did you see this as a thing before 2020? Um, I, I did before 2020, but I see it accelerating. And the reason I see mm-hmm. it accelerating is because mm-hmm. of the difference in mediums in the amount of content that's being generated. I think that accelerating like a driverless car on ice. (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously, there's more content in different types of content um, that is that is going out there. Interestingly enough, Dan, you know, I know something that you're launching at your company. You're launching a podcast and I actually have a meeting on Friday. Ooh, a little peek behind the curtain, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, just, uh, yeah. That was not shared publicly until Whoa. just now. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you shared it before. Um, I have a meeting. I have That's a, cool. I have a meeting on a Monday uh, to talk about a podcast at our company. Are you copying my idea, bro? You're totally taking everything. Can you send me that uh, high off level my design sheet? document? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I, it's in a shared folder already. Okay, good. <laughs> but, well, that's but, good. But I mean, I hope it goes well. It's, it's, it's a terrific platform, you know? Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. All right. All right. Whatever. All right. Uh, what, what's, give us number two. Number Regalous. two. Big data, uh, big data analytics will get bigger. It's going to be huge. <laughs> the huge data analytics. Huge data. <laughs> no, and I can see this, right? People want to know where they're, and we've talked about this before, you know, is tracking where the employees are going, you know, so we understand insights into how they're consuming the content. What are they clicking on? What's most engageful? And then, you know, the the famous, how do you measure ROI? So the more data that we can gather, the better we're going to do our jobs. It's a trend. It is a trend. No, I, I agree. I agree. So I, I think... I don't know. So I, I definitely want ROI to be a bigger part of uh, my perf- my professional, and that's not with quotes around it, my professional L&D life, the, the people that actually pay me, because I want to, you know, I want to make it worth something. I want to I wanna make an impact. I want to move the needle. And uh, I wonder, 
is there such thing as small data analytics or medium data analytics, you know, or, or something? Because uh, I, the idea of big data analytics is like either you're playing with the big dogs or you're useless, you know? And I, I feel like there's got to be some in-between stuff and some stepping stone analytics, if you will. I, I don't know. I just feel like there's something that's in between where I am and this. And I think there's a lot of big players out there that have this sort of stuff. Like I'm sure Home Depot, I'm sure... Um, other things like Home Depot, they have stuff like this, but um, I don't know. I, I think the smaller to, to medium sized shops, th- there's got to be something in between. I, I and, don't know. You know, with a lot of this stuff, we're swimming in data. It's just a matter of how to use it and which ones really matter. Sure. Um, that, that's like like the big data. It's it's just everywhere, and you know you can track everything. But there's, you know, there's there's the, the the term KPI for for a reason, right? The key performance indicators. Mm-hmm. And it's being able mm-hmm. to identify what those are, if uh, if someone can do it. And I know Dan, you've spoke to this. I've you and I have had a conversation off <laughs> off podcast about this about you know business units coming to you and saying, hey, yeah, we want to fix this. Well, what do you have to measure that? Well, we don't really. <laughs> yeah, and, can you just fix it? It's like <laughs> right. Like I can. Tr- we can try. We can address it. But how are we going to track whether it works or not? And yeah. you know, the, the, sometimes the data is there. Sometimes it isn't. And and we've brought this up in the past too. When you have um, industries like most of us, like the, the we're in, where uh, yeah, what we do, our, what our company does, is important, but there's a lot of exterior factors uh, and, and pulleys and levers that ha- that impact the business that you can't really tell if it's is it what you're doing or is it the environment. So yeah, yeah. All right, Mr. Kosick, let's keep this Naveen keep this two train for two rolling. Naveen is two for two. Artificial intelligence. Coming up, number three, hot trend in 2020. <laughs> it's a brand new concept, artificial intelligence. All right, so um, you're so anti-AI. I think I'm just tired. Uh, so hang on, uh, chatbots. Do chatbots count as artificial intelligence? Absolutely. Because I've I've heard. Okay, so I guess I'm wondering what the value. Uh, I, I know there's value in chatbots because everybody talks about it, um, and they certainly all can't be wrong, right? But um, so the idea with the chatbot is the idea that maybe a learner could ask it a question and they're guided towards material that they're looking for. Is that is that, is that all? It's like what's the magic here? Is it just a like, fancy Google box? Like what I was asking, what I thought this, what I akin this to was like I don't know if it was twenty one, uh, where you guys were talking about machine learning, right? Mm-hmm. That's art. That's based, that's a form of artificial intelligence, right? Because it's learning and giving you pay, feeding you questions based on the answers that you are providing it, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm. So wouldn't machine learning be artificial intelligence? Driven learning? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I imagine they're, they're kind of bed buddies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think is, that, is, is that a term people use, bed buddies? Uh, I don't think that's uh, appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where we're drawing work. the line today? Yeah, I guess another <laughs> one. No, I, you know, I, I don't know enough about chatbots, but I do know I've seen a couple of blurbs kind of run through on the Twitter feed talking about how, to, you know, taking courses and putting them into chatbots. I don't know what that looks like. I have no idea. Maybe something we can take a look at. But artificial intelligence, Naveen, is three for three. Number three four. For th- I don't know if it's three up or three down or, or what it is. It's but, three uh, for three, right? So we got two more. Really <laughs> quick, two more. Uh, more user-generated content. Um, I think that I know in our place of business, we are using more user-generated content. I think with cell phones being easier to use, 
you know, where people can take video, you can use the business to create the content quicker, sometimes faster. And if you do it right, it, it can expand and scale your learning. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's now, I don't know if it's 2020, but I think more people in the business have the tools that in the past years ago that only instructional designers had. I think, um, I think this one more than the others excites me actually, because, uh, I, I, you know, the world I'm kind of living in right now, I'm, I'm wondering, are there, well, there are, I know there are more opportunities for someone. So I've got a department of 20 people, you know, all 20 of them might have one really good answer that could uh, answer questions that the other 19 have. And they all have a different answer, you know, like they're all answering a different question. And so the, the challenge I think becomes, how do we organize that information? How do we make it accessible and searchable and, and maybe even ranked, you know, like if three people answer the same question, well, do I have to watch all three or, uh, and you know, I think the, the quality of it, I think YouTube is, uh, YouTube has shown us that, the quality doesn't really matter on a lot of stuff because, you know, obviously some stuff, it's got to be pretty and shiny and look really good. But other things I've watched, God, more than my share of videos that have like like an Excel walkthrough for a specific function where it's got just God awful freaking music underneath it. And they just scroll the words on the screen. It's like, why are you not saying the words into a microphone? Why are you scrolling these words on the screen, you jackass? You should uh, send them but, in Competex um, uh, information. What's that? You should send them in Competex information for uh, good music. Competex? Yeah. Oh, there. thank you. Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kevin McLeod, he could fix their problem, at least the music part. I don't know about the voiceover piece, but... Uh, all right, yeah. So that that one does get me excited. The last one there, four for four, uh, in your favorite VR, MR. What's MR? I don't know what MR. 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 I had to read it. Mixed reality. Mixed reality. No, I Mixed did. Reality. I just was reading the top part in AR for immersive. You training know this guy. You know Naveen, right? The one. Yeah, Naveen. Yeah, he's five for five. Yeah. He's a, he's a big time on the yeah. e-learning industry. Unbelievable. All right. So, uh, I, I don't know. I feel like this actually, this answer right here disqualifies him from everything because it's not a big trend. I think there's going to be 7% of people where it's incredibly appropriate, maybe even 15 where it's appropriate and it works. That does not make a trend. I Those think my it's thoughts. coming. I think we're still early, but I think it's coming. And, you know, we, we talked just a moment before at the end uh, off the side with Alex on the interview uh, about the Learning Solutions Conference. But right with the Learning Solutions Conference, in tandem with it is the Learning Realities uh, 360 Conference. They're at the same place in Orlando at the end of uh, in mm-hmm. the beginning of April. And that <laughs> entire conference, there's 50 different sessions all on AR, virtual reality, those types of learning. So I think it's probably a little premature for some companies, but I'm starting to get in the boat that it's going to be coming down the pipeline. So speaking of premature, there's also a show in, uh, I think, Toronto called the Everything to Do with Sex Show. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> where are you going with this one? Here's the thing. Just because a bunch of people are going to go to a conference about sex doesn't mean it's a trend. 
You know what I mean? Like, so there's a, there's a 360 conference uh, that focuses all around these topics. There's a conference for everything. It doesn't mean that makes it a trend. That means that there's enough people in North America that are interested that I'll pay for a plane ticket and a hotel room to go to this event. And so I'm not saying it's not important. I'm not saying it's not going to work and there's not going to be value in it. Uh, I think that trend is an overstatement. Now, that being said, um, there is somebody that's going to that 360 conference, Betty, uh, Betty Denowitz, who uh, we're going to be talking to hopefully on a future Mosby episode. And, uh, and I'm going to be talking, uh, I think, talking to her on one of her podcast episodes, and she's going to be presenting there. And I, so I really want to get her position on this. I really want to understand better the application of this because we've speculated and we've kind of seen some examples. But I think the problem is that people that pitch those examples might be overstating the value in it. I don't know. I don't know. Am I wrong? Tell me I'm wrong. I can't do that. That's why I like you. <laughs> I think you're wrong. All right. Maybe they'll <laughs> use virtual. Maybe they'll use the virtual reality training to train uh, the people who are going to be in the automated driving car trucks. There you go. Well, the we talked about that actually a couple weeks ago. That might work. That might work. Because they're not going to not be in the All right. <laughs> uh, they won't be doing it up north anyhow, that's for sure. The uh, Do we do we want to call it there, gentlemen? <laughs> There's two the more articles. Is the theme of the conference you are just talking about in Toronto? What? What, what about it? <laughs> the- I'm just saying. I know there's a conference there. It's just Toronto. It's a big city. <laughs> Um, there was, when I was working at an office supply company, uh, not to be named, there was a gal that, came, she had her tickets printed off. Like, I, I printed off her tickets. And I was like, oh, this is a little awkward. Is it? I don't know. Maybe it's not awkward. I had to print off her tickets and hand them to Wait. her. I'm like, oh, well, she enjoy the show. She brought to the store to get the, to get the tickets printed off? She emailed them to the store's, like, copy because and print center. Because she wanted to, people to know. You think so? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess. Well, hey, tell you what, I knew. <laughs> I knew. I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know how to feel about a lot of things, but I really enjoyed our conversation with Alex. You can find uh, all his uh, cool links. Well, I, I, what was it? Uh, uh, elearninglaunch.com was kind of the big one that he uh, he wants folks to go to. And it sounds like a really cool program that him and, uh, him and his buddy Aaron have got uh, worked out to really kind of connect those dots. I think that's a really interesting approach because... Like you mentioned, like Articulate, uh, Camtasia, all, all like TechSmith, I guess, all these individual players, they do have their own community within, you know, uh, within the technology. Like they have a, a TechSmith Academy and you can talk with people in there about the project that you might be working on, but it's connecting those pieces. And that's, uh, that's interesting. I really hope that flies. And uh, well, I know it will. I know it will. He's a guy that's, um, he's not going anywhere. So... Uh, the other things that we mentioned here, you're going to find those at mosby.ca slash 023. You want to send us an email, you can do that at um, mosbylearning at gmail.com, right? Yeah, and I'm looking for another any gorilla other, mail. Cannot any, wait. <laughs> any other criticisms of uh, Adam's opinions or mine or Eli's, <laughs> you, can, uh, you can send those in to us and we'll potentially read them on air, yeah. yeah. Like a I hawk. Have, I have an army fan base, it sounds like. Yeah. People right. sticking up for me. <laughs> it's yeah. a subset. It's like a subreddit of, of the Mosby. Uh, it's like a sub-Mosby. <laughs> subreddit. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Um, social media. A- Adam, where do you want people to find you? Uh, just on LinkedIn. It's Adam Costas. There you go. C-O-S-T-A-K-E-S. Uh, Mr. Barant, where are folks going to find you? I am available via LinkedIn. Or if you want to see me in my uh, alter ego. I guess not. This looks like my main ego. Uh, Great Lakes Fly on Instagram. And what an ego, yeah. Uh, no, you get you always post some cool stuff, and you got people that are doing interesting things with the things that you create, right? Yeah. You got people that are going all over the you know, all over the world with the flies that you tie. So good That's on you. Very cool. Your own little piece of celebrity. You can find me, and of course, I haven't. Uh, the links will be in the show note. I, I don't know. Dan talks training on Twitter, I think, and I'm uh, Dan talks LND on. Uh, the other one, Instagram. Instagram, and you can always find me on LinkedIn. I'm always posting ridiculous stuff there, too. I think I'm lowering the bar on Instagram, or uh, on LinkedIn. I feel a little bit bad about that. I don't know. <laughs> How many different hats today can you wear in you. a week on Instagram? How many different hats? <laughs> I do have a few different <laughs> All right, well, you just gave me a challenge. We, you, can, do, uh, ladies we, and gentlemen, we can do Dan Headwear Bingo. Dan <laughs> Headwear. I like it. I like it. I'm in. There will be about three different toques. I have uh, I have like a driver's cap. I have a fedora. I have, you know, all sorts of stuff. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for the time that you spent here with us today. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. See ya. Adios. There's only one pimp in this city. That's the mouse. Is that the theme of the conference you're just talking about in Toronto? Why why are you still a f- teacher? It's a very approachable podcast. <laughs>